We do whatever we want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's our awards. Okay. We should include the, these scrimmages too. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. But for but for the league, the league has demanded that we only look at the first uh, the first season for the league awards. So that's why we're doing them now. Wish the league could get off my back. <laughs> that's right. Come on, league. Yeah, I've got rights. Make me wear a mask. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to. Uh, It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm going to be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. I feel like you you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch in unbeatable goodness. Welcome, Pacers fans. You are listening to the Unbeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. Today is July 26th, 2020, and this is episode 460. This show, we're going to discuss the Sabonis injury, uh, the bubble scrimmages, and we have our Undebeat Awards. Plus, we'll have a stat of the week. Joining me this show are two of our three analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., it's the doctor. Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undebeatables? Shout out to the players of the New York Liberty and the Seattle Storm of the WNBA, who did a very touching tribute to Breonna Taylor um, and walked off the court uh, while the national anthem was being played in protest of, or in support of the Black Lives Matter uh, movement and in protest of disproportionate killing of black men and women by uh, police. Kudos to the WNBA in there. They're doing a whole like movement for justice thing. It's it's really compelling and uh, shout out to them. Shout out. From Indianapolis, Indiana, he's our in-house bartender mixing up the drinks and the crappy jingles, John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? We've missed you. Um, shout out real quickly uh, this week to uh, my uncle Jim and Aunt Pamela, who lost their uh, their dog friend Pisco uh, this last week, and mm. um, so they're pretty bummed out and understandably so, uh, losing a member of the family. So, uh, thinking about them and want to shout them out. Shout, shout out, out. It's a bummer. Yeah. Well, before we get into the show, we'd like to remind you you can support us anytime you shop at Amazon. If you just click the link in the show notes or go to theunabeatables.com slash Amazon, uh, any shopping you do kicks a small percentage of your sale back to us uh, help and helps support what we do. So, big news. The Pacers have started scrimmages for uh, preparation for the bubble season, and Sabonis is injured. Uh mm. Colson, you're the one who, who uh, alerted me to this story. Um, what's the uh, what's the prognosis? Um, do you think a foot massage is going to get him back out there, or is he? Uh... 
Yeah, no, I, I think um, he went down there. Uh, he missed the first scrimmage. Uh, a lot of the big guys did. They just banged up. He uh, had plantar fasciitis, and, um, you know, it looked like, you know, there, there's not a lot you can do for that but rest. And so we kind of – I expected him to, to miss all the scrimmages and maybe a couple of the uh, seeding games, as they're calling them, the eight games before the playoffs. Um, but then they sent him out of the bubble, and then I started panicking, right? Like, this isn't – this is a big deal. Um, uh, Orzhanowski tweeted, this is a significant foot injury. Um, I, uh, he's going to see a specialist outside of the bubble. Um, we have no timeline for his return. And, um, he, you know, he's our sole all-star, um, a hub of the offense uh, and um, I'm trying to figure out how many panic buttons I should push at one time. You got ten fingers, so yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would recommend all within arm's reach. Is okay. what I would recommend. Um, yeah, not good. I mean, plantar fasciitis is a really fickle injury, from what I know, based on watching the NBA for years. Some guys come back quickly some guys play through it even other guys it takes you know weeks on end to get recovered um and the fact that he's leaving the bubble is not a good sign that means they don't expect him back <clears throat> by the start of uh, oh, no, the seeding don't. play yeah um, sure not let alone maybe the start of the playoffs um and obviously sabonis has been our best player all year long so that's a huge blow to the team. Uh, so I, ho- I hope he gets well soon. And in, in the interest of the the long term prospects of this franchise, you know, next year and and beyond, and then getting him right is the the best move. Similar to you know Oladipo, like don't force it if uh, there's a risk of injury or or you're not completely a hundred percent. Silver lining here, though, is that uh, Miles Turner, who was a little bit injured, um, did play in the second scrimmage and actually played quite well. Like showed himself quite well. Looked um, agile. Was still forced on the defensive end, at least from the highlights that I saw. Because boo hiss to you, Pacers dot com, not allowing people to watch the stream unless they're within seventy five miles of Indianapolis. Like, what's what's the deal? Why? You don't have enough bandwidth? I'm like, I don't understand. <laughs> anyway, uh, and we've seen Miles Turner, when he has plugged in for Sabonis, you know, in stints earlier this year, did quite well, you know, so. Those those were the best stretches of the season for him is when he was subbing in for Sabonis. Exactly, uh, yeah. But it's because it's going back to, to what he's comfortable with, which is just playing that center position on both the offensive and defensive end. Um, you know, we've talked before about how he's had the biggest adjustment of any player on the on the team, um, working around Sabonis. Um, but Sabonis demands it because he's been playing that well. I mean, he's he's an, almost an automatic two down low. He's a fantastic passer. We run our offense through him, and um, you know, I think we can do a lot with you know pick and rolls with you know. Um, Miles Turner and Oladipo out on the perimeter, which was proven to be a very deadly weapon. Um, but um, I just think this is—I mean, I, you're right, Jason. We, we need to worry about 
the long-term health of our player. I mean, I, I, I feel like plantar fasciitis knocked out um, Joakim Noah for like a couple seasons. Like he would mm-hmm. play like a third of a season and then two-thirds of a season, but it just wouldn't go away, and that was always his injury. And we don't want Sabonis' career to be that. Um, but him leaving the bubble means, I mean, you have to be quarantined. I think you just get tested for the two weeks before you're trying to come back, and then when you get back, you have to be quarantined again for 48 hours and tested multiple more times. I think as Pacer fans, we need to prepare ourselves for the fact that he's not going to be playing for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's a distinct possibility. I mean, yeah. So I think we just need to get comfortable with that. If he comes back, it's a bonus, but I think we need to start looking at and saying this is an opportunity for Miles and an opportunity to go small, you know. Um, In the the second scrimmage against Dallas, uh, we started Aaron Holiday at the two, Oladipo at the three, TJ Warren at the four, uh, with Brogdon at the point. Um, So that that is a very small lineup, Um, especially what we normally run, you know, with with the two bigs and, and Warren at the three. It's a very big lineup. Um, mm-hmm. And if we're running into a bigger team, let's say like the 76ers or something, you could definitely start Jakar Sampson and bring Aaron Holiday off the bench. Um, so there's there's options. This isn't this doesn't sink the season, but you know Sabonis has been our best player all season. So, so yeah, the the article I'm, I, I read uh, says that Sabonis is hoping to come back, um, but uh, yeah, like like we've all said. It's unknown, uh, you know. I think in our in our fan hearts, we should prepare uh, for him not to come back, so we aren't, aren't crushed. But if he does come back, then we get we do get some bonus Sabonis, which would be nice. <laughs> um, bonus Sabonis, bonus Sabonis. Um, so the Pacers have started. Um, you guys sort of mentioned this some, but the Pacers uh, have played the two two of uh, the the scrimmages. Um, the first one against the Blazers, uh, Pacers win this one, uh, 91-88. I don't know, Portland could have used some uh, a wall of moms or something on defense, but uh, <laughs> they didn't have access, and, uh, and it got taken down. And the second one, uh, Pacers uh, beat the Mavs, 118-111. Um, aside from uh, Sabonis... His, um, you know, being missing in action, uh, Jason. You know, what were the standouts you saw from the highlights you were uh, uh, allowed to watch? Well, I mean, both of these games, if we want to call them games, I guess these scrimmages had similar flows. Where uh, in Portland got up early, up by double digits, and then the Pacers' second unit seemed to play pretty well, get them back in it, and then the Pacers sort of dominated the second half. And then ended up winning a close-ish game, similar to Dallas. Dallas was on fire from three. It looked like in the first half, and then the Pacers just kept clawing away. So, like each of these highlight packages that I watched was a typical um, of the NBA highlight packages I've seen of the Pacers this year. It's highlights of the other team the entire time, and then they show the <laughs> final score, and the Pacers have won. So, uh, situation normal it seems like to me. Um, the the best news is Oladipo played in both games. Um, played at least what did he play in uh, the first one? He played 
19 minutes in the first game and 20-plus in the second game, almost 30 minutes in the second game. So that's fantastic news. If he's if he's out there playing that much and wanting to really test it, that indicates to me that he is thinking about playing, right? Like, And the coaching staff is toying around, as you said, Colson, with even putting him at different positions and stuff like that and trying out different lineups and stuff like that. So I think put that's a good sign. Put him at four. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Play him at center. Who cares? It'll be fine. Put put him at four and then trade him to OKC. <laughs> yeah. Is that too soon? I'm sorry. <laughs> too soon. Colson, uh, you saw more than me of these, though. So. I did. I, I um, you know, you got to remember these are scrimmages. Um, you know, in the Portland game, um, the Portland State starters only played 20 minutes. They were capped at that. <clears throat> um. CJ McCollum seemed like if he played the whole, played forty minutes like he normally would, he would have you know scored fifty. He was kind of doing what he wanted to do, um, and uh, Nurkic looked good. You know he's been out for a long time. I thought he looked really good against us. Um, we were getting bullied uh, down low in that game. Um, a lot of uh, TJ Leaf in the first game, um, one and nine, but he did pull down uh, eleven boards. Um, so shout out to uh, old TJ Leaf. Um, I, you're right. It, it had the flow of, of a game where we come out, we look fine for the first two minutes, and then suddenly we're down 10 to 15. And you're like, what just happened? And then slowly claw our way back with the, the, the bench unit, uh, and then the second half come out and, and, and do what we're supposed to do. I thought, um, you know, defensively look, we looked rusty, um, but we're finding the open man. Uh, which matters, and we're shooting the ball a pretty decent clip. Is is, is how I felt about it. Um, I thought CJ McCollum and 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 in the um, Dallas game, Luca, both just kind of did what they wanted to do. Luca's really good. I've only seen him play a couple times because I just kind of watch when they play the Pacers, and he is dominant. He just does whatever he wants. He almost had a triple double in a scrimmage game, like twenty nine mm-hmm. and eleven. And you know, watching it. Um, he just he just looks in utter control all the time, um, but um, you know we beat that with uh, with our depth. You know, every, like we had like all our starters, or no, I guess not Aaron Holiday, but I mean a bunch of people scored fifteen points. Um, you know, and and lots of rebounds, lots of assists, kind of doing what they're supposed to do, spreading it out. Um, the bench unit still looks good. TJ McConnell looks like he's been working out. Uh, the first game, the first scrimmage we won with the two Holiday brothers, um, they both played like 17 minutes and both scored in double figures. They were top scorers. So we're kind of getting uh, contributions from all all corners of, of, of the team. Um, people seem to be in good shape, seem to be liking to sharing the, sharing the ball, which is really important. So I, I think we look good. We're undefeated in the bubble. I mean, come on. We've <laughs> never lost in the bubble. True. I assume that will continue to go uh, to uh, show itself as we move forward. Joey, did you, did you get a chance to see any of these? No, scrimmages? they they weren't. Uh, I was tied up during the time, so uh, I, I had to watch the, the highlights too. But uh, Wait, you I'm didn't just, have Thursday at three thirty. Just off? Come on. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I could have, but. Uh, uh, there is important you know. napping to be done. So. <laughs> no, those naps aren't going to nap themselves, you know? <laughs> That's right. 
<laughs> now, uh, Joe, have you seen any of the highlights at all from the bubble, though? Um, have you seen how the court looks and how it feels without fans? Uh, it's, I don't know, it doesn't look like real, like it's the real guys, but it doesn't look like <laughs> real basketball, you know? Yeah. I like the uh, the thing they did. So they've got um, huge uh, screens on all sides of the court. And if you're the home team, they have your emblem up all the time. And when your player scores, they will flash up their picture and, and give like this, you know, their, their stats or whatever. That's how you know you're the home team. Okay. Well, I think that the individual teams can do sort of whatever they want oh, okay. with those video boards. So, because I saw something on Reddit, somebody posted something about the Heat had like images of their crowd like chanting like let's go heat oh. or something like that oh, nice okay i think you also have control over the sounds that yeah. get played in the background like the songs and stuff like that like there was um i noticed that during one highlight of the pacers game against the blazers i guess because we were the home team there um some of the similar like background sounds like the the race cars or whatever yeah. going on in the background or something like that so that's kind of neat that's a. Yeah. I don't know if it's full home court advantage, but no, no. Uh, did you did you see the uh, the fail of uh, the Nuggets announcer? Uh, no, <laughs> it was pretty good. Uh, you know, it was like, uh, "Let's go Nuggets!" You know, dun 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 dun, or whatever. Uh-huh. And it was like trying to rally a crowd, you know, and th- there's no crowd, so it was just like. <laughs> It was just him announcing to like. It was really funny. It's just. It's like the saddest rally cry ever. I'll have to. We'll have to link to that. Um, that well, and the other thing is, I think they've done a pretty good job of just darkening the the outside of the the court, so you don't really you don't really see empty seats necessarily. Yeah. You know, um, and they're doing some camera angles that are a little bit steeper. You know, so that we're not, I, I, you know, it it does feel like a scrimmage. It doesn't feel like, you know, regular basketball or re- regular NBA right now. But it, I think it works. I mean, it almost feels like maybe like seeing a, a high school basketball game where nobody really showed up. You know, it, it's, it's, it's yeah. I think it's okay. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to actually watching a game you know sort of beginning to end at some level because when you watch the highlights you don't get a sense for the flow and you don't really get into the mode of like watching actual basketball i'm sure once you they tip it off and they start playing ball you're just watching a basketball game right like well and and a scrimmage is a scrimmage right i mean you know watching these games like it's it's pretty sloppy it's 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 i mean it's it's loose Uh, they are playing hard though i mean they're just you know they're also trying not to injure themselves so I do think it's like the court is kind of weirdly lit. It's like kind of dark, um, especially like in the middle. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like it just seems, which makes it even seem even more like just a scrimmage. Like you're just watching some guys at the gym. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that's something that they'll deal with or. We'll Apparently, they've been very it. good about like taking people's you know opinions and stuff like their their goal is to listen to all this stuff during scrimmage and then make some adjustments so okay who so knows maybe what the i should final call product. adam and yeah, without a doubt well you know adam listens to the pod so you know yeah, yeah. just true. turn up yeah. to, to turn up the lights buddy yeah but yeah, yeah good good week joey you called it sweet 
Yeah, you yeah. called a sweep this week. Nice work. And there's a there also is a, a on the court. There's just a uh, it's center court. There's the NBA logo, and then the, above that it says uh, Black Lives Matter. Yep, that's right. And there's ads too. <laughs> well, I you know it's been encouraging. Uh, these you know, like I said, the team looks in shape. They look like they're sharing the basketball, and they're you know they seem to be shooting the ball pretty well. So, um, I I think losing Sabonis um, probably takes away our title hopes. But uh, I think we can. Uh, I think Miles Turner is going to have a really good bubble. That's what I. That's what I'm thinking. I think he's going to look fantastic, getting a little bit more burn. A little bit more responsibility there at the five. So uh, that's my prediction. I think um, no title, but uh, Miles Turner looks like an all star. Mm. Nice. So you're, like call, it. you're calling it now? Yep. Okay. Uh, well, we'll get to see more action in the bubble this week. Uh, we got another scrim, one last scrimmage um, Tuesday, July 28th at 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, the Pacers are hosting, quote-unquote, the uh, San Antonio Spurs. And I'm looking at the schedule here, and I guess I'm a, a moron. These games have been on NBA TV, so I could have set the old DVR or <laughs> watched those. Oh, so. you have the NBA TV? I do, yeah. Oh, yeah, I probably should have told you that then. Yeah, <laughs> could have done that. Thanks. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they have them on League Pass, too, like the Archive, maybe, or something right, like that. Right, probably, um, yeah. And then next week, Saturday, we get back to real NBA games. Uh, Pacers will, again, quote-unquote, host the Philadelphia 76ers. The game's at 7 p.m. So next, so next pod, we're actually going to be talking about an actual basketball game. Knock on all the wood. All right. That's what only- we will be doing. Very exciting. NBA action starts Thursday, I believe. Lakers and Clippers or something like that. Sweet. Well, I'm excited about that. Now we can uh, move into the playoffs. Uh, I'm going to call it down. I think we're going to sweep this week against the the, the the Spurs and and then the, the Philly. Oh, for sure. Okay. All right. Call it. Hey, you, you were right last time. And I, here's I the also thing, predicted though, that we will the, never lose in the bubble again. So Here's the thing. I think this league this league is uh, uh, you know analytics-driven, and there's just not enough bubble analytics out there for uh, yeah. uh, for these numbers nerds to to prepare against the Pacers. Yeah, it's it's called bubble-itics. Bubble-itics, it's, yeah. uh, it's a you know, it's a new field, you know. That's right. And Colson apparently is the chief scientist. Sorry. <laughs> He's in charge of their AI project. I'm just I'm just in charge of their branding. Okay. And their internet presence, social media. Right. So as an update, the Sixers so far are one in one in their scrimmages. They beat Memphis but lost to OKC. All right, we we got this. Yeah, we got this. No problem. Um, 
Let's uh, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back in the second half with the Undefeated Awards. Um, we're going to let you all know uh, who we think we're the best in all of our uh, mm-hmm. in the, exactly. in the categories in <laughs> um, for the pre-COVID bubble. That's right. So, so we'll be right back.
back from the break. Before we get into the Undebeat Awards, we got my stat of the week. Stat of the week. So this week, it is uh, the number 10. It is the number of days Lou Williams will be quarantining after he uh, took... It was an excused absence uh, while he went to a... uh, uh, a showing for a um, family friend, I guess. Uh, but then he went to a strip club hmm. afterwards. And there was, of course, social media was there and there was pictures. And uh, But he said he just got, he said he just got dinner and there were no entertainers. Um, well, he, just, he just went there for the food. So he says. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of husbands have said that over the years. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So he's out for ten days. He's going to miss two of the seeding games uh, because of that. So, wow. Anyway, shout out. You said this was for like his brother, like a wedding or something. It was a a, a family friend. It was a showing, like I think, a uh, for a, a, a somebody, funeral. Uh, okay. uh, yeah, somebody a family friend had passed away. Uh, okay, gotcha. Sure. So it was in Atlanta. So he uh, went up there and. Uh, oh, respects. Well, Atlanta. I mean, you're just going to stumble into a strip club. I mean, <laughs> yeah. That just I mean, happens. if you're looking for food, probably that's the closest thing you can get. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 uh, it is well known around the league that uh, Lou Williams is is one of the uh, epic partiers uh, in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the young guys, he he won't invite the young guys out a lot of times because they're too hungover the next day and they can't hang for for practice. So. Um, he's apparently young guys. Young guys are just slowing him down. Yeah, he's apparently uh, down to clown, and 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 a uh, master of his of his uh, craft. <laughs> so, and he did out. say in, in a tweet, uh, Colson. You probably saw this. You're on Twitter. Um, oh yeah. He said, "Ask any of my teammates what my favorite restaurant in Atlanta is." <laughs> Ain't nobody partying. Chill out. LOL. Hashtag mask on. Hashtag in and out. Hashtag the... glitter in my mask. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that is my stat of the week. Next up, we have our undefeated awards. We are talking about uh, who our awards for this past uh season which ended too soon too soon or just in time um, probably or maybe a little bit late um, because then some people end up getting sick anyway but we are going to do a for the uh, Pacers Undebeat Awards we were we're going to include uh, the the bubble also but for this one pre-bubble yeah because that's what the NBA told us we had to right so and now we we don't. There are awards. We can do whatever we want, but the NBA awards are just going to be decided on the pre-COVID uh, season. So we figured we'd do that. Pacers awards are closer to our hearts. That will include the bubble. The bubble. All right, guys. So the first one. Let's get it out of the way. MVP, most valuable player. 
there's been uh, one gentleman I, I think has had a pretty pretty decent season. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo um, has, uh, you know, I've noticed next to his name in the box scores are a lot of big numbers, like a lot of them. Um, and it's not next to minutes played, uh, not not just next to minutes played. Um, points, scoring, rebounds, assists are okay. Um, but he is uh, uh, the best the, the best player on one of the best teams, maybe the best team. Is uh, anybody uh, any dissenting opinions? Well, the only thing that I would uh, quibble with Joey is that you said that uh, he's got a lot of big numbers on his box score, but the uh, the minutes are actually pretty low. I mean, he that what's what's right, crazy right. about this season is that he's putting up historic numbers in thirty minutes a game because the Bucks are just blowing people out, right? So he's putting up thirty points. 13 and a half rebounds and six assists in 30 minutes. Just in He's really efficient. Yeah. It's got to be one of the most efficient seasons in the history of the NBA, right? I mean, when you start talking about those kind of numbers, players are playing close to 40 minutes a night. He's doing it in 31. So my question to you is, are you going to punish him for being prolific and efficient? <laughs> Jason, what do you think? Well... So the argument for Giannis is he was the MVP last year, um, and he got better. So that's good. He improved his scoring by two points a game in fewer minutes, uh, his rebounding by one and a bit. Uh, His PER went from... a ridiculous 30.9 to an even more ridiculous 31.6. I mean, he's my vote. Like he, he's, he was the dominant guy on the court every night. He impacted uh, both sides of the floor too, most importantly, Um, and led his team to a bunch, a bunch of wins. It would have been interesting had the season not um, gotten shut down by the pandemic because LeBron was making a little bit of a push and Harden was doing things that we haven't seen in a long time scoring wise. Uh, But since those guys didn't get to sort of complete those journeys or whatever, uh, Giannis is definitely the the go-to guy here. Yeah, no, I actually thought that and I was rooting for, in fact, um, a LeBron uh, MVP season. Um, I really felt like, you know, he had uh, – he was leading the league in uh, assists uh, when COVID happened. Um, uh, The Lakers were uh, dominant out west in a tougher conference. And, um, you know, you could make an argument, yes, he has uh, Anthony Davis with him, but the rest of his supporting cast is not as deep as the Bucks. Um, and and uh, Giannis had gone out with an injury, if you'll recall. And so there was a real chance that, <clears throat> that Giannis was going to miss 10, 15 games and, and uh, maybe LeBron would have done something special uh, down the stretch. And that would have made this more interesting. But if we're just calling it from what we had, um, Giannis, is, you, you mentioned his PER, his 31.63, is tied for fifth all time. Um, those the names above him are Will Chamberlain, Michael Jordan, and LeBron James, and that's it. 
So this is a ridiculous season, uh, unprecedented season, and uh, he's earned this one, and I think he should get it. Well, unless, and just to remind folks, the Bucks were uh, fifty-two and eight when Giannis went down with his injury. Like <laughs> they were just smashing fools. Yeah, they were first in the league in uh, points per game, fifth in the league in opponents' points per game, first in defensive rating. Um, they're they've been just killing it. So. That that counts a lot for me. Not that the Lakers weren't doing well as well, but yeah, like I said, it would have been more interesting if we'd had a full season. Um, but I think this is just this is definitely Giannis's. Now, what's interesting is I did get a text from Harper. He's not here with us, um, and he was adamant about um, James Harden. He said no. uh, he said James Harden. Uh, stops faster than any other player in the history of the game. <laughs> he said that he got robbed the year that uh, Russell Westbrook won his MVP. Um, he feels like James Harden got robbed last year and that this should be the fourth consecutive year that James Harden has ever won uh, the MVP. Um, he was adamant about it. He thinks it should happen. And um, I think he's going to throw a fit if it doesn't. James Harden. Uh, you know, I... I I've told you guys this a lot, but like the reason I won't watch games with him before, like anymore, is because uh, all he does is like if it's not James Harden, he's like, ah, look how slow they stop. And uh, that's right. yeah, that's you, right. Can, you can only take so much of that. Look, look how small that dude's beard is. You know, like it's just it's a <laughs> lot of that. You know, it's weird. <sighs> anyway, I think we're gonna overrule him on this one. <laughs> So speaking of uh, uh, the Harden and the Defensive Player of the Year, let's <laughs> talk about that category next. <laughs> of course, Harden uh, was Harper's vote as well for this one. No, it was. Um, he said, you know, but I'm, how much has he improved in his defense from the previous year? I mean, doesn't that earn you Defensive Player of the Year? That was the argument. I thought it was kind of weird. <clears throat> but He had been talking to me about a, a new category, Most Improved Defensive Player of the Year, which I thought was just too specific. Yeah, he wanted to create a category just for James Harden. It was strange. Right. It's right. too much. Too much. That's really rigging the, the system. Sure, <laughs> sure. Um, but you did actually, you mentioned that the... Um, the Bucks were or top five defense, and I think uh, Giannis is is there too. He's the he's the middle of that. Uh, you know, they've got good players around him, of course, but uh, you know, nobody nobody's team is that good just on their own for one player. You know, we've seen um, uh, lots of players be really good, but you know, you, you got to have a whole team for a good defense, and I think. Uh, I want to give that to him too, because again, they lost eight games this season. Yep. Um, sure. So a good defense. Because they got a good offense and defense. Yeah, good defense has to have all players on a string, but you also need a leader. You've got to have the hub of that offense. You know, we've seen it on our team. Like, you know, we rely an awful lot on Miles Turner to call out these things and call out sets and call out screens, and you know. Giannis is doing that as the hub of, of this defense as well as being their best offensive player. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this year with scoring the way that it was, nobody was standing out defensively. 
really. I mean, as an individual player. Uh, you know, in the past, this has gone to typically big guys that are defending the rim, and Gobert, you know, has been doing that at an elite level the past few years, and he kind of dipped off this year. Plus, he um, gave everybody COVID, so I can't give him the award. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Shout, shout out, Rudy. Uh, yeah, I think it's Giannis for me, too. Um, Kawhi always deserves consideration in this category, but he you know, was didn't play every night and uh, you know, wasn't as dominant, but if I needed one player in the league to get a stop on a possession, I would pick Kawhi Leonard. That being said, Giannis is DPOY for me. Well, I mean, you know, Giannis can guard five positions, uh, which helps, and so can Kawhi. Um, you know, I, I, I want to give some love to um, Anthony Davis. Um, I thought he played very sure. well this season on on a surprisingly stingy uh, Los Angeles uh, team. Um, I believe they're they're number two in the in the league for defensive rating uh, behind the Bucks. Um, I, you know, you can give some of that shout out to Vogel, um, but. Um, you've also got to, I think, give some love to, to Anthony Davis for this. You mentioned Gobert. This stat's crazy to me. Um, so just real quickly, like, uh, Anthony Copa was the closest defender against 15.5 opponent shots per 100 possessions, um, and Gobert was 29. Um, and Gobert defended the screener on almost 2,100 pick-and-rolls, Compared to Giannis's seven hundred, so wow. yeah, that's impressive. But um, I think Antetokounmpo's versatility um, does probably put this over the edge for me. My only issue, I think I'm hesitant. I think the reason I'm throwing out other names is because there are only two guys in the history of the NBA that won an MVP and a, a Defensive Player of the Year in the same season. Joey, do you know those players? I think one of them was Jordan, right? That's right. Uh, what about uh, Will Chamberlain? Good guess, but no. Jason? I guess Russell? Hakeem Olajuwon. Olajuwon, okay, yeah. So for me, those are two of the top ten, maybe twelve, depending on how you rank Elijah Wan, uh, players in the history of the game. And so to anoint Antetokounmpo in that league is, I think, is always an adjustment for me to start putting players in that kind of category at this moment in, in time. Um, but I, let's do it. Let's give him both the MVP and the Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, he's going to win back-to-back MVPs, with, which not that many people have done. Correct. Already, right? right? So, right. and I don't. I, I mean, and also like some of these. Like, uh, I don't want to take away that he had a fantastic season because all the people who've had that kind of season before him were, you know, top ten ish players. Like, that's not on him, you know. Sure. All he can do is the best he did, and he did, and he did real it really, good. He did it real well. <laughs> he did it real well. <laughs> so, shout out Andy Cooper. Shout out. All right, guys. Um, 
let's talk uh, about uh, a different type uh, of uh, award here, the Coach of the Year. Or as I call it, the Greg Popovich Award. Right. Mm. So is he winning it for you this year? He's got it for me this year, too. Also, he's had some some choice things to say in the media uh, recently. So, um, But that's uh, neither here nor there. Um, the Spurs are you know, not quite as dominant as they are, as they have been in, in some years past, but still love me some pop. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. What about you guys? Well, the uh, last place finish here in the division for the Spurs is cooling me off the pop train. <laughs> on the outside looking in on the playoffs currently. Um, huh. <laughs> I know, shocking, shocking. Uh, you know, you got to give a shout out to Coach Bud in Milwaukee, um, leading them to a great record. Uh, but they're, they've got enough awards already in my mind. Um, <laughs> a, a shout out to, to my man, Frank Vogel. Um, for sure. Th- uh, who, mm-hmm. you know, was thought to be a puppet, um, Jason Kidd, but he's not a puppet, not a puppet, no puppet, no puppet. Um, <laughs> I, though, am going to give this award to uh, Nick Nurse of the Toronto Raptors. I think that the way that the Raptors defended their title this season has been incredible. After losing their best player, um, they are first in the Eastern or in the Atlantic Division, second overall in the East. Um, you know, and a lot of it has to do with the way that Nick Nurse manages games and gets the most out of his guys and is willing to try things. And, um, yeah, I, I'm really impressed by him. You know, it's only his second year as head coach, but he's clearly one of the, you know, the coaches that matter in the NBA. Yeah, no, I was, uh, I assumed you were going with, uh, coach Bud and I was going to, uh, yell at you and tell you it was nurse. Mm. Uh, but nurse <laughs> is the right answer. That's great. I mean, I mean, coach Bud has, I mean, 52 and eight, my goodness. And he's, he's taken, you know, he's figured out how to take a cast of characters and, 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 and make something work around Giannis. And it's, it's great. Uh, and, and probably he might win it, but I, I don't think he should. I agree with you completely. This has been a masterful job. You mentioned it. Kawhi Leonard's gone. Their best player, the guy that led them to a title last year, is gone, and they're as fierce as they were last year. Um, mm-hmm. The development of his guys, you know, the way Norman Powell was playing, uh, Van Vliet, um, you know, and of course Siakam, who we might talk about in, in most improved player, has you know took a leap from um, very good second banana to to an elite player. I mean, this mm-hmm. you know, you, I think I think a lot of that credit goes to to the coach so shout out nick nurse we got to disagree at some point colson it's not good radio yes sorry but i i just think you're right on this one i'm, I'm very adamant about nurses as, as coach of the year i think uh, i think the the raptor story has been really really delightful speak of disagreement colson uh what did harper text you about uh, coach uh of the year? you know harper he he loves Nate McMillan. He's always talking about how much he <laughs> loves Nate McMillan. And he thinks he's the greatest coach in the NBA. Um, and, you know, I mean, the Pacers were expected to, you know, a lot of people had us out of the playoffs. And, uh, you know, we're fighting for home court advantage, whatever that means in the bubble. So um, he he's adamant that uh, Nate has long been 
the best coach in the NBA, and it's time for him to get credit. Alright. I mean... Uh, Makes sense to me. Sure. <laughs> Alright. Interesting, Harper. Interesting. Uh, let's move on to sixth man of the year. And I don't want to be... Uh, I don't want to be accused of being a waffler. Uh, so I want to talk about my man, Lou Williams. Well-known <laughs> six-man, well-known partier, even though there is no way, you know me, that did not go into my equation. Oh, come on. That took it over the top for you. <laughs> so uh, this is two-time defending six-man of the year, Lou Williams. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it used to be called the Jamal Crawford Award. If Lou right. wins it three years in a row, do we have to change it to the Lou Williams Award? It's the. What if we call it the Lou Crawford Award? I was thinking the um, uh, Jamal Crawford uh, Award featuring Lou Williams. <laughs> okay. Sure. Presented, brought to you by <laughs> yeah. Lou Williams. Uh, yeah. Well, what about that's the Jamal Joe? Lou Craw Williams? No? No, you're not. No. Wilford? No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> They're basically the same player, which is crazy. Right. Um, uh, it, that's interesting, Joey. Uh, obviously, Lou is you know a great guy. He's uh, uh, scores twenty points a night off the bench, um, getting things done. Party's I'm actually till three going, in the morning before he does it. Right, exactly. Which I guess I wasn't familiar with that. So the degree of difficulty, I should really give him exactly. Work, but, um, <laughs> Uh, I'm going with the other Clipper, Montrezl Harrell, um, because guys like him never win this award. It always goes to Jamal Crawford or Lou Williams. But Harrell does the things that make the Clippers a really, really, really tough team to beat. He uh, works his butt off on the boards. He... uh, I lost his page. Um, He upped his scoring this year. He's scoring like almost 19 points a game. Um, basically on like putbacks and <laughs> doing crazy stuff like that. So um, that's who I'm going with. So you're going for like the player that a team would want most as a six man, as opposed to just a guy who dumps that's it right. a bunch of points. He is he's a, like a legit like sixth man. <laughs> like he brings energy. He gets rebounds. He plays defense. Right. He's he's the he's the Jeff Foster of the. That's right. Yeah. But will score 19 points. Right. Jeff Foster, who can score. I'm actually surprised his rebounding numbers aren't higher. He only gets pulls on seven and eight. But. Um, so I, I'm going to disagree. I, I think it's okay. Schroeder. I think it's Dennis mm. Schroeder. Um, I, I think what uh, the way he sort of you know, failed in Atlanta as their starting point guard um, in OKC – struggle to find a place there, there i think the thunder's success this season has got to be a surprise to everybody i don't think anybody mm-hmm. even the thunder themselves predicted this was going to happen and i think a lot of that goes to chris paul i think he's an amazingly driven player and is getting the best out of this team but they're without the, the all of the players they no longer have kevin durant westbrook or James Harden, the things that made them special. Um, and Chris Paul goes in there and takes just a cast of characters and helps uh, build them up. But I think beyond what Chris Paul did 
and is is what Schroeder was willing to do off the bench, um, and uh, you know he leads that second unit, and he also plays in a three guard lineup at crunch time and helps them win games. Um, I just I just want to reward the Thunder in some ways, and uh, I think this is a good way to do it because I think Schroeder's had a really nice season. Sounds like this Harper may be the deciding vote here. Uh, so I have a text from him. Um, he says um, James Harden, which is weird to me because James Harden. Does, I you know I, I tried to explain to him that James Harden starts and doesn't come off the bench, but he says he's so good he's more important on the bench than he is even starting. So we should give him six man. <laughs> is that one of those things where like you know like sometimes for MVP you. You show how important someone is because when they're not playing, the sure. team is terrible. So he's like, like, look, the bench is bad because if he's not playing with he, the bench. Right? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So. Well, all right. Well, what do you think? What do you think? You guys both pick Clippers. Should we give it to the Clippers then? Yeah. Can we give it to to the to oh, co Clipper Lutrell Hairwill? Hair, hair. I'm okay so with like the Clippers sixth man. Like they, they've got a great six man duo. We we'll just give them. So this that. is like the, the six six man of the well, year. No, like six and a half man award. It goes to the Clippers. Well, what's nice about this is that Lou gets his third consecutive, but we also get Mo, uh, you know, Montrez Hell Harrell. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, right. It's our awards. We do whatever we want. But it's we're true. not going with Harper's pick. I just don't think it makes sense. No, that's. It's a tough call, but uh, I sure. think I think you're right. I think we have to make that call. <laughs> He's not here, you know. Um, all right. I want to talk about Rookie of the Year. Um, Zion Williamson uh, is has been the talk of everything for uh, you know incoming talent, but did not play uh, enough games to be eligible by the NBA. Um, we can do whatever we want. So, but I think we <laughs> saw we, we saw we saw John Morant um, killing it uh, this season. Uh, he just came in and he looked like he you know he was a borderline all star. We talked about him because he was so damn good. Um, we knew he wasn't going to get in because he was a, he was a rookie. But uh, my goodness, that young man is a phenomenal player. Um, Colson. Who's your pick? Same. It's John Morant. There's there's no debate. I mean, I, you know, Zion uh, in the in the few games he played looked uh, wonderful and everything we'd hoped him to be. Um, but you don't play enough games. You don't play enough games. John Morant is ridiculous. I mean, I, I think if you know, some years you go back and like the um, the rookie that should be rookie of the year is injured and doesn't qualify, and you look back and you go, well. That guy ends up being an MVP. How is he not rookie of the year? Um, and how did this schlub win it instead? But I think in this case, John Morant is not going to be the schlub that won it. Like, I think this kid is legit. It's going to be very important in this league uh, for a long time. And nobody's going to ever question why he was the rookie of the year. I mean, I've never heard you say the word schlub so many times. <laughs> I mean, it's a good word, though. It's a good word. He's averaging 18 points uh, and uh, seven assists as a rookie. 
Um, six six slubs, slubs per game, though. And only three turnovers. I think I that's, mean, that's, the, that's, that's absolutely impressive. As a rookie. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. um, he has the ball in his hands all the time. Um, 18 in PER? I mean, I mean God. I, we, the Pacers would kill to have uh, three guys over 18. <laughs> you right. know? Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt. Like, and... and even if people look back, it won't take them long to look at the uh, at Zion's uh, line from his rookie year and say, "Oh, he only played 19 games. That's yeah. why he didn't win rookie of the year." Like it's not that. Hard. But I don't like, think anybody's going to think John Moran is le- illegitimate. That's what I'm saying. It's just oh, a great yeah, rookie season. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I mean, it's a shame that again, this is a, a, a race that may have heated up. You know, had the season gone on, because sure. Zion was doing things for sure. Yeah, Zion was doing things uh, and would have if he'd played the rest of the season qualified. So that's right. So we'll get to see him go toe to toe a little bit here in the seeding games. But so when does he when does he get back? So he left. Is he going to be back for the first seeding game, or is it going to be? That he has I to miss know. the first couple. Uh, you know, he left the bubble, but they they are expecting him back. So uh, that's good for. New Orleans fans, but they have to win a lot of games to to keep that eight seed. So keep your finger, keep your eye out on when when Zion comes back and and how he plays and how that goes. So uh, he returned to the bubble on Friday. Does he only have to do forty eight hours then? I guess it just says he's going to be um, taking COVID tests. For four Study days. Study up four days. Okay. All right. So he won't miss any seeding games. Nice. No. As long All as right. he stays negative on the test. Sure. What about Harper? Who's he on? Uh, he, don't jaw. tell me. Don't. No, no, no. He said jaw all the okay. way, man. Jaw Harden, you said? <laughs> all right. That's good to hear. He's he's uh, sounding slightly more rational. Rational. I mean, Rational. he can look. He he sees Rational. talent. He knows what's going on. Okay. All right. What have we got for the most improved player? This one, um, we actually could have some some Homer stuff going on here. <laughs> we've talked. We've we've mentioned no Pacers this entire time. Well, I mean, you know, uh, Harper did mention Nate for uh, Coach of the Year. I guess that's true. Um, Colson, what are you looking at for the MIP? Uh, I'm I'm looking at Demontis Sabonis. Um, I I know that sounds like a homer pick, but uh, this guy went from solid NBA player uh, coming off the bench to an All Star. Um, I think that is the very definition of the most improved player. He upped his points by four. Uh, he he upped his rebounds by three. Uh, he upped his assists by two. Um, but beyond all of those things that are you know you can see in a stat line, um, what we did is we asked him basically to to become the hub of the offense. Um, we we you know the the previous season it was designed a lot around Oladipo, but with Oladipo out, we ran everything through Sabonis. And um, our team had a great deal of success. Uh, again, we were, were hunting for that, that home court advantage um, from a guy that from the year before played off the bench to being the most important 
part of an offensive hub. I, I, I think this is this is why we give this award. Um, so Demontis Sabonis is my pick, and uh, tell me why I'm wrong. You're wrong to tell me, but go ahead. <laughs> well, so you sound a little defensive. So I, th- I I agree with all of those things. Uh, Sabonis is the inter- the best player on the on the Pacers, and guys that watch the Pacers night in and night out will know that, right? Mm-hmm. The argument against Sabonis, if you wanted to make one, would be that his increased numbers are a result of increases in minutes. He went from okay. 25 minutes a game to 35 minutes a game. Okay. If you look at his per 36, he's actually down um, in points and rebounds. Um, up in assists, though, actually, which is interesting. Um, so a guy that people are going to look at, and that I'm looking at a little bit more closely, is Brandon Ingram who is playing for the Pelicans this year, uh, who increased his points per game by six, um, which is a big stat that people look at. He increased assists, uh, rebounds, um, steals, and blocks uh, in only about a half a minute more per game. The difference is he uh, started shooting threes this year. So previously he was shooting like less than two a game. And now he's shooting six a game. He's much more active. He's sort of grown into his body a bit. Um, made a real leap this year. And I think that... Um, and it should be noted that those numbers hold up on per 36. Like he's, you know, went from 19 to 25, 19 and a half to 25 and a half uh, points per 36 minutes a night. Um, so that's who I think that the league will pick. But I'm with you. We sh- it's our award. We should go with uh, Sabonis here because anybody that watched Sabonis night tonight knows that he's uh, made a real leap. The um, it's funny because uh, Harper said to me at first that he thinks it should be uh, James Harden. Um, I I I did say, hey, look, if you <laughs> think he's been the best player for the last three years, how do you improve upon perfection? And he said, fair point, you can't get better than James Harden. So um, his second um, uh, choice was Bam Adebayo, which I think is actually a pretty good uh, candidate. Something, I I mean, I'm convinced Sabonis is it, but it's not a bad second pick. Um, Bam has, and similarly to the way that um, Sabonis has helped the Pacers and become a hub uh, Bam has done that for Miami. Um, mm-hmm. He upped his uh, points by seven points a game, um, upped his total rebounds by three, and upped his assists by three. Um, and, you know, uh, he has become so integral to what they do, both offensively and defensively. He's actually the only guy I'm afraid of on Miami. Um, you mm-hmm. know, Jimmy Butler can suck it. Um, <laughs> you know, but if we have to see... Miami in a playoff series, which is it's looking as like a possibility. Bam is the guy I'm afraid of. So, you know, I'm not completely disagreeing with Harper on this one. Uh, I still think Sabonis should be our pick, but uh, you know, maybe as a you know, a, a, you know, what about this guy consideration? Well, I, I concur with uh, everybody except Harper. I think the uh, Sabonis. <laughs> Is the right pick. 
and I think um, Jason Tatum is another one. You know, uh, could be in discussion. He's been mm. super good. He's he gets been better every good. year. Yeah. Um, well, and Pascal Siakam, you know, yeah, that's, again, that's another suddenly one. had to become the 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 guy uh, after being the second banana last year and helped lead his team to the second uh, best record in the the East. So, a lot of good candidates for the uh, MIP this year. Uh, but uh, I think we as Pacer fans know the right answer. So I think, uh, so that's, those are the Underbeat Awards. Um, I think that uh, the takeaway from this was um, Giannis is super good. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. James Harden, overrated. Um, <laughs> I love it when that's a takeaway. <laughs> You should take that away from from pretty much everything, uh, except beard growing. He's good at that. And stop. Um, yeah, stops on a dime. Oh yeah, uh, you're right. In terms of stopping, undefeated. Undefeated. <laughs> anyway, but we'll we'll be back uh, after the season concludes with the Pacers undefeated awards. Um, which includes the bubble, right? Indeed. Bubble, bubble, bubble. So, so the Pacers. I know we know the Pacers players listen to this. Now's your time to to change the trajectory of your season, right? Like we'll include the playoffs. We'll include the the seeding games. We'll include the scrimmages. Um, you know, now's uh, now TJ's uh, TJ Leaf's chance to shine. You know. Shine like a leaf is what my my dad always told me. <laughs> uh, and if that's been your plan all year is to wait till the bubble to 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 you know step up your game, that's a strong move. I like it. Wait till <laughs> the slow uh, play this thing till the bubble. Till the bubble. I mean, that's some that's some insane insight. It's a spectacular move to get a word from us. I commend you for doing that. Um, all right, guys. So when we are when we're back next week, the show we have, we will be talking about real live counting towards standings NBA basketball. Mm-hmm. As long as they can stay away f- uh, from, the, from going out into the crowd, into the you just don't go into don't go into Florida, like out outside of the bubble. If you were gonna have a bubble, like I don't know, in in a in a field somewhere where, you know, there was nothing, like if you couldn't get sick if you just like walked out. But when you walk out and you're very close to a lot of people, a lot of Floridians, a lot of Atlantas, um, you've got potential for trouble. So stay inside, play on, play on your, bring your Xbox, do what you're supposed to do. We did forget to mention that the the most recent round of testings uh, came back zero positive uh, COVID tests for the bubble. So. That's great. Yep. Safest I'm place little... to be in America right now. <sighs> it's a uh... baseball started this this past week, and there's there's definitely been some players that have uh, tested positive. So we're hoping that uh, you know I hope I hope those you know are minimized or. Or don't repeat, and I'm hoping that the NBA 
is able to you know but they're they're doing it a little bit differently uh where they're they're just, you know doing some traveling and they're out m- more out in the world the uh, blue jays are playing in buffalo whatever it's the world we live in did you guys see um there's a new nhl franchise did you guys the sasquatch or no um what are they called uh uh, uh the kraken the, the kraken. kraken that's it right. is the kraken what what the uh, who's that what team seattle seattle nhl seattle kraken okay. seattle kraken is the nhl in a bubble or is it sort of a well it it's kind of funny well because it was the team got moved i don't know if you know this joey at the last second from portland and the original name was the Portland Kraken Skulls, you know, after the <laughs> paramilitary police force. But they thought that's a little <laughs> insensitive. On the so they they moved it to uh, Seattle. It's just the Kraken. <laughs> Shout out to the. Uh, I guess we don't know their names because they're they're not displaying them. But uh, no. Undidentified. Qua- Quasi military forces. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. I think you're supposed Some, to. Do, did you do a shout out? That's an anti shout out, Joe. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> We've broken Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Man, look, it, four plus months into the pandemic, uh, we hit our high numbers in the state of Indiana. Schools are getting ready to open up again. Uh, Portland and Seattle uh, are being declared riots and there's tear gas mayors are getting tear gas every night like I'm I'm doing alright I guess (laughs) (laughs) could be worse could be worse could be worse every time I say that though something weird happens but uh, uh, let me uh, could be worse Anyway, gentlemen, um, anything else to say before we log off this show? Harper, uh, I'm going to ask you to hit the books, man. Uh, your your picks have been suspect. I mean, I think it's just it's his love of James Harden. Like, I mean, that just that just kind of masks everything, really. Even even if he did study up for the for these awards, I think it's just his obsession with the beard. Did he do one of those things like in 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 two K? Did he like make an all Harden team? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to love the all Allen Iverson team, if I recall. I did all all AIs. All and AIs it, run by AI. It was nuts. <laughs> it shouldn't have worked, but it really it was amazing. He was so too fast. Yeah. Well, it would be because Jason and I were on one team, and it's hard to play against one. Like five AIs when you're two player, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a challenge for sure. We needed more rim protectors, I think. <laughs> and Colson, I don't, I don't want to throw you under the bus too hard here, but uh, it seemed like most of the two man teams that you were on, they they tended to lose. Yeah, that is true. That is, I'm I'm bad at video games. <clears throat> so I for example. We we uh, when we played NBA Jam at the uh, at the arcade, 
you'd pull up for a shot from anywhere yeah. on the floor. But what I like about you guys and the reason we're all friends is because you guys will like just rotate me through like to play the doubles because you realize how much I'm enjoying it, but nobody wants to play with me, so like you guys just sort of deal with it. It's very sweet. You're, you, you're, you're having a good, good time. To me. You're very good friends to me. Like we, like even though you don't understand that you're looking at one player and controlling a different one, like you're having fun. That's you know, right. that's right. Yeah. That's yeah. what it's about. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's why we're that's, there. That's so why have we're a good here. Time. That's right. <laughs> um, all right. We'll, we'll be back with you next week. Uh, hopefully, Harper will be there to defend whatever honor he has left. Um, next time. Uh, you can hit us up on social media. We're on Twitter at Undebeatables. We're on Facebook.com slash The Undebeatables. Our website, TheUndebeatables.com. There's a contact form there. You can send us a message. You can email us. A shout out at TheUndebeatables.com. Uh, and you can, of course, rate and review us uh, on uh, any of those platforms and stores, wherever you're, wherever you're listening. For a once and always coach, Bobby Sick Leonard, now in the Hall of Fame. Turn out the lights, the party's over. Was uh, sh- Slick doing uh, radio from, like, watching the, the game and doing radio? Or are they doing that? I don't think, I don't know if they're doing, are they doing radio scrimmage? Uh, I, it's, we've mm, got uh, Daenery and uh, Buckner uh, doing the, the uh, live scrimmages. You know, of course, they're not there. They're basically watching TV like we are, but it's talking about it. Um, mm-hmm. I thought they did a nice job. It felt pretty. It felt like they were there. That's good. Um, but I, I don't know if they were doing radio for the scrimmages. That's a good question. They should be doing it for the seating games, though. We got to get ready for that. For sure. All right. Sounds and he good. could be. He could be in all of them, right? Because he didn't have to travel. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Do it from home. Yeah, you're gonna have to pipe him in though. Uh, How's he at Zoom? We'll figure it out. Well, they're gonna have to figure out a way to do it socially distanced. Right. I think uh, I think Quinn and and Chris are in the same room though. I think they're they're getting together. Really? I'm pretty sure. That's strange. I guess that makes sense for timing. Was, right, but yeah, I'm sure they've all maybe been COVID tested like by thirty like plexiglass. Oh, I'm sure they like are, yeah. but like okay. they've probably been tested forty five times before they get into the building too. Sure, yeah. Unlike my friend, uh, shout out to Lauren, uh, who we found out this week had she was like having, um, or no, it was a, a, a colleague of hers at work works husband or something like that tested positive so she was and she's a at risk case so she was like oh, i'm gonna go get tested so she just, you know went you know sat in line in her car you know to get the test uh and then the dc government said and they handed out placards that said you'll get your re- results in three to five days but they had scratched out the three to five and said seven and then it had been like 10 days and she still hadn't heard. So she called and they said, yeah, no, we're not giving, um, going to give results by email anymore. 
you were going to send them out by mail or whatever. So she didn't find it. Lucky, I mean, she was negative, but uh, she didn't find out until like 14 days after she took the test. So I was like, what is the point? You're supposed to quarantine the entire time that you're like waiting for results. So, But she made it into the Washington Post. So that was good. Yay, America. <laughs> USA. USA. Yep. 